Amen. It's good to be in God's presence. I'm sure I say that every week. I'm pretty sure I do. (laughs) It's still good every week to be together in God's presence, to be with the people of God. Um, You know, one of the reasons that we don't just (laughs) worship at home is because there's something important that happens when the people of God gather, that we were never intended to sit in front of a TV and accept Jesus, and then that was it. Um, I mean, that would have been foreign to the Bible to not be in relationship with the people of God. Because uh, God wasn't intending to save a person. He's intending to save a people. He's always, he's always wanted a people. It's, he started with Abraham. It's the whole story of the Bible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a people where my presence can dwell and I want to reveal myself to the world through that people. That's the whole story of the Bible. The whole reason we were created was to reflect the image of God. That's why we were created in His image, so that all of creation, everybody would know, hey, here's, here's, what, here's who He is. This is what He looks like, because God's the only one that can rightfully say, you should know me. I have everything you need. In, in, in me is everything that, that is going to be good, is necessary and beneficial and full of joy and abundance in me. So you've got to come to me. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know that, like, C.S. Lewis, uh, he's a great, uh, was a great uh, man of God, great thinker, uh, wrote lots of great books and gave lectures and was a great apologetic uh, for uh, the Word of God and the revelation of Jesus Christ as the true Savior. But one of the, one of the hindrances for him before he came to God, because he was kind of agnostic and uh, you know, leaning towards being an atheist, but um, he said, I I read the book of Psalms, and I knew that God is the author of the Bible. But over and over again, God just says, praise me. Praise the Lord. In other words, if God wrote the Bible, then he's saying, praise me, praise me, praise me, lift me up, honor me, give everything to me. And he's like, and that offended him. Before he was a believer in Jesus. Uh, but he, when he surrendered his life to Jesus, of course, he found out that God is the only rightful person who can say, no, you praise me. You honor me. You give up everything for me. I'm, I'm worth it. In other words, it's not God having a, you know, being full of himself or being narcissistic. Uh, no, it's God actually having a right view of himself. Uh, because if God is God and he didn't have that view of himself, then he would be making a mistake. And then he'd no longer be God. <laughs> All right, so that was free. I'm not sure why I shared that. Maybe that was for somebody. Um, so we're, on the, we're studying the Holy Spirit right now. We're in a series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is week number th- three. Uh, so if you have missed the first two weeks, I've actually just put the notes from the last two weeks. They're on that table, the welcome table in the foyer. So if you'd like to get one of those, uh, you can get it now or you can get it after service. Uh, but I do have notes for today, just a little bit of notes um, that the front row people get to pass out. So if you'd like some notes, um, you can wave them down. There should be a pin close by somewhere in one of those seats in front of you. We've been looking at the, the Holy Spirit. Um, 
for the last two weeks, the Holy Spirit as a person and the Holy Spirit as God himself. And last week we, we looked at John 7 where we talked about, you know, that the Holy Spirit is meant to be to release rivers of living water, that we're not meant to be lakes, we're not do, meant to get stagnant. Uh, and we looked at the attributes of, of Holy Spirit as being God himself. He's not just from God. He's not just sent from God. He's not just a power. He's not just a force. He's, he's a person. He's personal. And uh, so at the top of your notes here, um, you can go ahead and open your Bible, excuse me, to John chapter 14. We're going we're gonna to be continuing in the book of John with sections on where he talks about Holy Spirit. And so John 14 and uh, verse 15 where we're going to start. Uh, but you can see at the top of your notes there, I've, we've just, I've just kind of filled it in for you rather than going through all these and that could get maybe kind of uh, just take a lot of time. But I've filled them in for you. So those of you that need to fill in blanks, if you need to write it next to it, you can. But um, <laughs> I only gave you three today <laughs> to fill in. So, <laughs> um, But just kind of an interesting thing is, you know, Especially in the Bible, someone's name and what they're called really is super important. Like in, in the Bible, names are like almost everything. It's like they didn't just like throw out names and say, oh, this is kind of a cool name. I just like the way it sounds. Uh, yeah, I'm going to spell it differently. So, you know, so my kid has a unique name that none of their teachers will ever spell correctly. And so that everybody will mess up their name for the rest of their life. Um, I mean, I did it too. So, um, <laughs> And, but in the Bible, you know, there's a lot of things where, where names have so much meaning. And so when you think about what are the names that the Holy Spirit is called in the scripture, then it reveals a lot about who he is and about what he does. And so I've just kind of listed these here more for reference, more to, to help us understand. But the Holy Spirit is called, the, he's called the spirit of truth. He's called the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's called the spirit of counsel and might. Uh, he's called the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He's called the spirit of grace. He's called the, the spirit of holiness, the, the spirit of life. He's called the helper, the advocate, the, the paraclete, the comforter, whichever word and translation your Bible uses. He's called the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of his son, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of the Lord God, the eternal spirit. Uh, and so on, spirit of supplication or prayer, spirit of adoption, spirit of glory, power, love. He's, he's declared, and so you see all of, all of the life of Jesus, all of the life that, that is in him comes through the Holy Spirit. And I happened to crack open this book, man, I, have, I read this a long time ago. It's a very, like, uh, heady book. It's a little bit scholarly, um, so... Um, I, I, I haven't read books like this in a long time. I guess I'm not a scholar anymore. Um, but this is a book, actually, my dad had us read uh, together as leaders years ago. And I just happened to just pick it up. And it just kind of had this definition here of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does that I just want to share with you. Um, this line really caught me. If we want to break down who the Holy Spirit is and what he does is that he empowers us to live the life of the future. What does that mean? You're like, okay, that sounds cool. That's like a great Twitter deal. Um, what that means is this. 
for the kingdom of God. And, the, you know, when Jesus came on earth, he said, look, the, the kingdom of God's at hand. Repent. In other words, now's a new time. This is a new season. Everything's changing right now. So there's a nowness about the kingdom, but there's also a not yet. Like there's things we haven't been fully, fully saved yet. Like we haven't realized the fullness of our salvation. Do you, do you know that? Like we, there's a part of salvation, you know, heaven. <laughs> you know, we only get there either by dying or Jesus coming back. But there's a, there's a fullness. It says all throughout scripture that we're, we're, we're waiting for the fulfillment of, the fullness of salvation. So we're there. There's a sense where we have the now of God, but there's also the not yet of the kingdom. So in the in between times, who is sent to us to bring what is in the future into the present time is Holy Spirit. He is bringing the future life into the present time. Now, the church in general, we've you know maybe erred on one side, especially maybe in the American church. Uh, or in the Western mindset, is we, we have erred on the side of the not yet, sometimes too much. Where it's like, oh, that, all the blessings are in the future, and uh, you, know, you know, someday we'll have that. You know, when we get to heaven, you know, when I'm on the, you know, we will all have this stuff. And yes, that, there's a part of that that's true, but there's also the present reality that God is saying, I am bringing the not yet into the now. I'm bringing the reality of the kingdom and what is meant to be in creation into now. And the one who does that is the spirit of God. That he is sent to the people of God so that they can be empowered to reveal the character and the grace and the mercy of God. Let me just read this other one here. This is great too. If the church is going to be effective in our postmodern world, we need to stop paying mere lip service to the Spirit and to recapture Paul's perspective. He's writing from the, the books of, that Paul wrote. The Spirit as the experienced, empowering return of God's own personal presence in and among us who enables us to live as a radically... I'm going to use an interesting word here, eschatological people in the present world while we await the consummation. Eschatological is like end times. I mean, in other words, living the life, you know, living as a people of the future in the present time while we wait for the consummation. All the rest, including the fruit, the gifts, that is the ethical life and the supernatural in worship serve to that end. God's own person, the return of God's own personal presence in and among us who enables us to live as a radically future minded, future living people. When Jesus came. He, he brought everything of heaven with him, right? I mean, when Jesus showed up, all heaven broke loose. We've heard the phrase all hell breaking loose, but Jesus is like, I'm bringing all of heaven to break loose. <laughs> when Jesus showed up, everything changed. And then Jesus says, of course, I need to leave. I've got to leave. And the disciples are like, that seems counterproductive. <laughs> are you sure? 
I mean, if you've got Jesus, why leave? You've just, you're just releasing all of heaven on earth. And Jesus says, if I don't go, then I can't send the one after me. I cannot send my spirit. You know, I, when I go, I'm going to send him from heaven. And so that way, every single one of you can be empowered with the personal presence with God himself in your life. Then you can live the life that you were meant to live in the kingdom with the king, with the king's power. feel like some of you are like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just the holiday weekend or <laughs> So, let me know you're alive, okay? Are you alive? <laughs> okay. So, the Holy Spirit, what, is, what does the Holy Spirit do then? So, we're going we're gonna to just focus in on three things. There is like 150 things that the Holy Spirit does that we can focus in. And we're going to focus in on just uh, three, three ones here. And we're going to start in the book of John. So John 14 says this. So John again is, uh, Jesus talks a lot in John about the Father and about the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was present, so he was revealing who, who he was to the people with their physical eyes, really. And with his mouth and, and speaking things and demonstrating the power of God and the goodness and the, the love of God through miracles. Uh, but he was also talked a lot about who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is. And so here in this section at the end of John, where Jesus has this long uh, dialogue with his disciples, basically, um, he says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so Jesus here, he's, he's promising. He starts talking about the Holy Spirit to the disciples. I'm sure they're like, they're probably kind of interested because, you know, they've heard John the Baptist say there's this person afterward who comes, the Messiah is going to come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And they've seen Jesus do all these amazing things. And then Jesus says, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send someone else. I'm, I'm going to send someone to you. And he's going to come and he's going to be with you forever. And so one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he comes. He comes to be with us forever. That he, he shows up for relationship. Do you talk to Holy Spirit? So you don't have to answer. I mean, it's, it's kind of rhetorical, but I encourage you to. If you're a believer in Jesus, Jesus says that when you become a believer in Jesus and you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're turning away from your sins and putting your faith in Jesus that what he did on the cross and his death and resurrection and all of that was for you and is enough to bring you salvation. You are, it says you're saved by confessing Jesus as Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And so you become a child of God. And who comes and lives in you? Does Jesus come and live in your heart? No. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart. Jesus is in heaven, interceding at the right hand of the Father forever. 
So the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. So if you want to talk to the person closest to you that's God, who do you speak to? Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean you can't talk to the Father, of course. You pray to the Father, you come to the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. When you talk to the Holy Spirit, what what does He do? He glorifies Jesus. He reveals who Jesus is. He leads you closer to Jesus. And he, He unveils who Father God is. So He brings you into relationship with all of who God is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But sometimes, I mean, just it might be just a revelation. So that's why I say it. it's like, hey, you can actually talk to the Holy Spirit. Have a conversation with Him. You know, I know, I know this is a controversial figure, uh, and he's been controversial for, for many years and probably still is. Uh, but Benny Hinn, he wrote a book years ago called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Now, whether you agree with all the Benny Hinn's actions or whatever, I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to, I really probably fall in the middle somewhere. I can argue, I, first of all, I can argue any side of an argument. So if you want to, if you like arguing, then um, I'll take the other side, just take you off. I mean, <laughs> that's why I do not engage in social media, okay? And whenever I'm on there, I know. <laughs> Rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. My hand. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but whether you believe, you know, whatever. But he, the great thing about Benny Hinn's idea is he would say this. Every morning he'd just wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What's, what do you have for me today? In other words, he was having a, it's about having a relationship with God. Holy Spirit is the one who allows you to have a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you probably don't have a relationship with God. Because He's the one that comes and dwells with you and then unlocks everything that is God's and the relationship that you were meant to have with Him that you were created for. So get to know the Holy Spirit. And this is the great thing. It says He'll be with you forever. When you, when you sin, he doesn't take off. That's good news. Everybody else, when I sin, takes off. <laughs> Sometimes for good reason. They don't want to be the recipient of my sin, right? When I do wrong things, I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit does not just say, oh, man, I'm going to, you need some help. <laughs> I guess I'm not helping you, so see you later. I mean, aren't you glad that God doesn't do that? God doesn't abandon you, that he doesn't say, okay, one, one, one and done. You know, with some people, it's one and done, right? You fail them, they're like, man, I'm never trusting you again. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't do that? Amen. That when we fail him one time, when we, when we mess up, that he doesn't go, one and done, I'm moving on. Let's go over to Paul. He's got, a, got it together here. <laughs> I'm with Paul now, not you. I mean, we, it's funny. I mean, we kind of laugh at it, but sometimes we act like that in our relationship with God, right? We have a bad day where we mess up. We, like, we withdraw from Him, right? But He doesn't withdraw from us. Because Jesus said, look, I'm sending you. He will be with you, and He will be in you forever. 
And so you have to get to know the Holy Spirit. So I invite you to begin to talk to him. If you never communicated with Holy Spirit, begin to, to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. It may take a while to learn to recognize the voice of God in your life, but it's worth it. It's worth the effort. It's worth the practice. It's worth the time. It's worth, you know, you've got to get the word in you, of course. As many have always said, you know, if you want to know what God sounds like, read, read the Bible. You know, this is the book that the Holy Spirit breathed on, inspired. It says it's spirit breathed or spirit inspired. In other words, the Holy Spirit moved upon human beings to write these words. And so what does he sound like? Well, he sounds a lot like this. He says a lot, a lot of the same things. You know, we were intended for relationship with God. Like it wasn't, we were never intended to just live a good life. It wasn't about doing the right things or being a good person. We were intended to, to just share the life of God. We were created in His image to, to have a relationship with Him. So get to know, ask Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Himself to you. If you don't have that relationship, you don't have that conversation, if you don't, you know, if, if you're not hearing Him, and many times He'll allow you to experience His presence because it's the personal presence of God in your life. God's empowering personal presence. And think about all the encounters in the Old Testament where the presence of God shows up and, you know, when the temple is built and it says the presence of God came in and then, Everybody's on the ground, you know, they're, they're knocked out by the presence of God because the, the presence of God was so strong they couldn't do anything. That's the presence, the person who shows up and then says, now you're the temple. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're now my temple. I'm going to come and dwell in you. I'm going to come and live in you. And I'm going to come reveal myself to you. I'm going to reveal Jesus and the Father to you. Let's go, skip over to John 15, verse 26. The, so Jesus begins, he begins to talk about a lot of different things, and then he comes back and forth, um, talking about the vine and the branches, and that the world's going to hate you if you're my disciples. Um, then he comes back and starts talking about the Holy Spirit again. It says, verse 26 of chapter 15, when, when the Advocate comes, that's the Spirit, when he, when he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you've been with me from the very beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. Then he's talking to the disciples. They'll put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they've not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you'll remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me where are you going. Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But I truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. So here's that scripture where he says, it's for good. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he'll, 
He'll prove to the world to be in the wrong or about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people don't believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So I read that whole section where Jesus is just... Revealing, I, I'm sure the disciples are like, if this is the first time you've ever read this, you're, you're probably reacting the same thing like the disciples like, wait, what? <laughs> what did you just say? And we're not going to unpack all that today. So if you, you want to read back on that section, I encourage you just to, to read that over and over again. Let, let God speak to you. Let God un, unpack that for you. Uh, but, but the key truth is this, that he, le- he leads us into all truth. So your Brent blank is leads us. He leads us into all truth. If you want to know what truth is, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. You cannot come to truth in your, just in your own cognitive thinking. Sometimes we, we forget this because we, we are in a Western mindset we are in a mindset where people can do everything and we can just figure it out on our own. Right? When there's a pandemic, what do, what do humans what did the what did most of humanity do? They they went to figuring it out how to deal with it on their own. Basically, if you want to know how the world responded in general to the pandemic, it was as if God didn't exist. And it makes more sense. That's why some of the stuff Maybe even made us angry, right? Because we're like, why are you doing this? Well, it makes sense when, when you're living a life where God doesn't exist because it's all up to you. So we're going we're gonna to take all these actions. I'm not right or wrong. I'm not here to debate that. I'm just saying by and large, that's how humanity deals with the brokenness in our world. We say we're going to figure it out on our own. I'm going to figure out what's true on my own. And we can't take that we can't take that mindset into our walk with Jesus. And sometimes we do. If we make it all about just what's going on in our head, where we're just, I'm just going to learn all this stuff, and it's all about getting like mental knowledge, then we miss the whole point of a relationship with God because it was meant to be not just mental. What, what does he say? We have to renew our minds? What does it mean to, be, to renew your mind? It means you get a new mind. <laughs> you, two, you renew it. You get a new one. You think differently. You have, to re, you have to relearn how to think. When you become a believer in Jesus, you're relearning actually how to think. And you can't rely on the way you thought before because even if you approach God, you, you might just be coming in your own human understanding rather than being led by the spirit of truth into truth. So only the spirit can truly lead you into truth. 
If you're led by anyone or anything else, you may not be following truth. Of course, does he use the word of God? Absolutely. I mean, if you make sure you're not hearing me say something weird. But who unlocks the Bible's truth to us? The Holy Spirit. If you're having trouble understanding the Bible, you need to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, I need help understanding this. Because the Holy Spirit, over and over, Jesus calls him that. In, in the book of John especially, he's like, hey, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. He's going to lead you into, that, into all truth. And of course, in many ways, truth is also encapsulated in a person. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is not just a set of beliefs. It's not just believing the right things. That's why there's all kinds of people who think they're Christians where they're maybe not. They're just believing the right things. But it was never about believing the right things. It was about entering into the relationship with the one who is the truth. If you don't have a relationship with truth, then believing the right thing doesn't matter. Because you were meant to know him. And it's in the revelation of his character and who he is that you really realize what truth is. Then when you're coming from that perspective, you can come back and then understand truth and unpack it because you're doing it with the mind of Christ, with the understanding of Jesus. What does it say in the scripture? What is the spirit saying? Hey, the spirit is revealing all the things that Jesus is saying. And what is Jesus unpacking? He is unpacking all the things that are true for us and how we would live our lives as a representative, as an ambassador of Christ. First Corinthians 2.12. Can we put that one on the screen? You know what? I didn't put the scriptures in. <laughs> That's what happens when you're trying to lead worship and <laughs> preach. And, okay. Uh, so first Corinthians, we'll just turn there, okay? First Corinthians 2.12. You mind flipping in your Bibles? First Corinthians 2.12. And this is another great section about the Holy Spirit. It's first Corinthians 2, this whole section here. It says... What we have, well, let's just start at verse 10. Uh, let's just start at verse 9. However, it's written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit? Within them, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. So if you want to understand your spiritual inheritance and what God, Jesus has done for you, it has to be led by the spirit of God. Because only the Holy Spirit is revealing everything that Jesus did for us. It's so amazing that we could even participate as the children of God. That we could, we could be the representatives. Now Jesus says, look, I'm, I'm leaving. Now you get to show everybody what I look like. It's kind of scary, right? Does that scare you? That you're actually meant to represent Jesus? When people say, what does Jesus look like? They say, Ronnie Mabin. And Ronnie's wife says, well, there's a couple times where 
That wasn't, that weren't Jesus now. <laughs> that ain't Jesus. <laughs> okay? So, I mean, none of us are 100%, right? That's why it's meant to be the people of God. That the community of God is meant to reveal who Jesus is. Why do you think the enemy has worked so hard to mess up the church? Because we're the ones who reveal what God looks like. And then there's a lot of people like, if that's God, then why do I want to know him, right? You've got a whole generation of people. Now, some of it is just they love sin and they don't want to turn, you know, they refuse to believe truth. But some have just not seen Jesus. And so they're like, if that's Jesus, then I don't want that. And so the part that God's working on is the part that's, that's like, hey, let's reveal who Jesus is. And one of the ways we do that is we have to learn to receive and walk in everything that Jesus paid for. It says the Holy Spirit reveals everything that God has freely given us. What has God given us in Jesus? What has He given us? Are we walking in everything that Jesus has given us? And He leads us, the, only the Spirit is going to lead us to that place. It says, This is what we speak, not in words taught us by what human wisdom but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of god but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the spirit the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who's known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have what? The mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? It means we think like Jesus. So, man, Jesus, when he showed up on earth, he, he thought a whole lot different than religious people. He thought a whole lot different than all the people who knew nothing about God. He thought about differently about everything. I mean, can, the disciples were always like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you doing that? What's going on? Uh, you know, I probably mentioned, you know, I love the chosen, the one phrase where Jesus says, get used to different. <laughs> get used to different. That's what, the li- that's what walking with Jesus is like. Get used to different. And the life of the Spirit is the same way. Walking with Holy Spirit is, is living out the life of Jesus day by day. You reveal who He is. He leads us into all truth. Not some truth, not part of the truth, not a little bit of truth, not truth here and there. He leads us into all truth. What's the third thing that the Holy Spirit does? Third thing is he empowers us to live a supernatural life. Acts 1.8, of course, says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. Acts 10 and verse 38 says, 
that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. How did Jesus do all the miracles and things he did? Was it, be, was it because he was the son of God? No. It's because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to know what humanity was meant to look like, you look at Jesus. Sometimes we just say, oh, we're just being human. No, when we fail, we're not being human. We're being inhuman. We're being inhumane. Because Jesus is the depiction and the representation of humanity as we were meant to be. Living in perfect relationship with the Father, right? He had perfect communion with God. He said, I always do what I see the Father doing. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus had to lay aside some of his power to become human in many ways he still had the nature of god he was 100 percent god 100 percent man but he was no longer in every place at once right before the presence of god is everywhere but jesus is now he's like he gets to experience what it's like to be stuck in one place like if i'm in midland i'm not in lubbock <laughs> whether that's good or bad <laughs> if i'm in midland i'm not in new Braunfels, <laughs> or if i'm in Braunfels, i'm not in midland and so you know he he experienced limitation but he experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, Jesus did zero miracles before he was water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he hadn't been empowered to do the miracles yet. Very important fact, because then that means, does that make us Jesus? No, but it makes us like him. Because Jesus says, look, I'm going to send the same spirit that raised me from the dead is going to come and dwell in you and anoint you and fill you and baptize you with power. And then you'll be able to go around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. But the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to live the supernatural life. But it's not just, well, let me read one more scripture. Romans 15, 18 and 19. Let's read that one. Just this demonstrates that Another human did this too. It says, this is Paul. He said, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to wherever that place is, Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of of Christ. You know that, that the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to live a supernatural life. Whether that's signs and wonders and miracles. Or whether that's the sign and wonder of miracle of kindness. Of forgiveness. Of peace. Of joy. Of patience. Who needs some supernatural patience? Raise your hand if it's your spouse. <laughs> not married yet getting close though (laughs) but we pray for you right now not for Stephen (laughs) so everything that's supernatural comes from the Holy Spirit 
It's not just the miracles and signs and wonders and healing. That's included, sure. But it's the supernatural patience. It's the changing of our character to look like Jesus. It's conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ so that we no longer talk the way we used to talk. We no longer think the way we used to think, that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we're transformed day by day by the work of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live a supernatural life of purity. A supernatural life of purity. Don't we need that one today, right? We need supernatural purity in our lives. You know, to not be dragged into whatever thing is impure. And I'm not just talking about sexual stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that's impure that we can get dragged into. And the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to not live in impurity in any way of our lives. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, but He leads us to where... We are walking in the freedom where we are not needing the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, you know, for every single thing. You know, what I mean by that, that phrase came out weird, that's for sure, is that I am not walking in a place where I'm in a place of failure and sin consistently. I should be walking in a place of more supernatural freedom as I walk with God. Because I'm getting to know the Spirit who's empowering me what with what? Not just the, His gifts, but with His character. What's God's character? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. <laughs> including on social media. <laughs> Self-control. I just, I, just, I just can't control myself. Well, you, then you're not saved. My wife's not in here to tone it down today, is she? <laughs> John said I wasn't saved. Okay, look, remember the Holy Spirit. You just ask the Holy Spirit, am I saved? He's the one that tells you you're saved. If you can't control yourself, guess what? The Holy Spirit's the one that gives you self-control. It's supernatural. We're not talking about... You know, just in your own strength. I'm not talking about trying harder. I'm not talking about human effort. I'm talking about something supernatural where you are submitting your heart to God and the Holy Spirit is leading you into truth and He's empowering you and you find yourself saying, Yes, I can now say no to that. I can now control myself. My body and my soul are not in charge of my life now. My spirit is, which has been changed and transformed. I'm now living the Spirit-filled life. Because it's not just about the gifts, and we are going to talk about gifts. We are going to talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are going to talk about speaking in tongues. If you have questions about those things, we want you to start writing them down. Start writing down those questions and, and leave them on the chair there. Or hand them to somebody. Because we're probably going to do a, question, just do a question and answer session because some of that stuff's so confusing. So I'm throwing that out there for free just to, to whet your appetite. If you have questions really about anything related to the Holy Spirit and His work, and especially baptism and tongues and the gifts of the Spirit, then we're going to answer, well, to the best of our abilities, we'll answer those questions. If we don't know, we'll say, I don't know. Um, but it's not, just, it's not just the gifts that are released in us, but it's, it's the power to live a life that looks like Jesus. 
Now, I still remember, I don't hardly remember any sermons preached in Bible college. Shocking, right? And I know you all don't remember most of the things I preach, right? <laughs> we were talking about that last Wednesday. <laughs> so they were joking, like, you should just preach the same sermons every year, see if anybody notices. And I said, I've already been doing that for the last five years. What are you talking about? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> So, anyway, but I don't, I don't remember, you know, I went to, we went to chapel three times a week in Bible college. I went to church on Sunday, so I'm hearing like, you know, we were in class, like I'm hearing a bunch of sermons a week. Okay, I don't remember hardly anybody preaching in Bible college chapel. There's, there's only a couple of them. One was, well, I won't tell you one, That's, I won't, let's not un, un, open that can today. But um, there's, one, there's a second one, though, this guy got up and he said, You got all these people who are spirit-filled. They speak in tongues, but they live like hell. Don't know what the rest of the sermon was about, but I never forgot that line. (laughs) In other words, the point is this. That Jesus not only had the power, but he had the character. And both together was what was changing the world. We need both. I need, we need the, the power of God, certainly. And we want the miracles, but we need the character of Jesus. We need the, the image of Jesus to flow through us. One without the other is not enough. And we, we don't need just the character without the power. We need both. Because the world needs to see a representative, a representation of who God really is. If I had to choose one, I'd take some character, right? I mean, what does Jesus say? One of the scariest verses in the Bible, right? Matthew 7 is, you know, these people that come to Jesus and say, God, we cast out demons. We did all the miracles. All these things were performed in your name. And Jesus says, I never knew you. Who are you? That's kind of scary in a good way. Don't make it scary in a bad way. Make it scary in a good way. Where it makes you... Here's what scary in a good way means. Scary in a good way gets you closer to God. Not farther. Scary in a bad way makes you run from God. It's like the difference between Moses and the people of God. When, when God showed up on the mountain, it says they were afraid. It says Moses was too, but he went up the mountain. And the people of God said, we're going away from that. We're out of here. So that's the bad scared and the good scared. The good fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord draws you closer to him. Just being afraid of God maybe drives you farther away from him. Anyway, that's totally free. Uh, So the Spirit empowers us to live the supernatural life, which is all the life of Jesus. Not just the miracles, but yes, with the miracles. Let's not limit him in any way that Jesus cannot live his life through us. What is Galatians 2.20 says, you know, the life I now live, I I don't live by myself. It's Christ living in me. How does Christ live in me? Through the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. He's the one working out salvation uh, within me to release the power to live a life of freedom and character and love and joy and peace and miracles. 
to talk to Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Have some conversations with Him. Get to know Him better. Let this, let this season be a time where even like, man, this is all repeat. I've all heard this before and some of you had. I know, I know you've heard some of this before. I've heard it before too. But I want to say, okay, what are, you, what are you doing in me right now, Lord? What are you doing in me right now, Holy Spirit? So let's stand. We're going we're gonna to close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord, that you are greater than even our own misunderstandings of who you are. We just declare openness in every heart. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to move in our hearts. We just welcome you to reveal truth to us. We welcome you to empower us wherever we need to be freshly empowered by you to live the life of Jesus, to live the life of the kingdom of God here on earth, to live the on earth as it is in heaven, to live the the future life now in the present, to bring what you intended for all humanity in the present time as a representation of you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Oh, we need you. Thank you, Lord, for letting us get to know you better. That we're going to learn to hear your voice better. We're going to learn to sense your leading better. We're going we're to feel your promptings and, and sense what you're doing. We're going to have more awareness uh, of your presence, God. That we're not going to go through life just thinking about you once a day in the morning or once on Sunday and Wednesday, we're going to go through life where we have a conversation with you, where you're right next to us and you're whispering in our ear and we're obeying and responding to you. God, we thank you that you're raising up a people who's not just a one day a week follower of Jesus. They're not just a one day a week Christian, Lord, that we're people of God who are living the life, who are surrendered to you, who are in relationship with you. And we just thank you for your presence and your power empowering us uh, to, to represent you in a fresh way. Change us, oh God. Transform us. If we have ways of thinking just as we prayed during the worship in song time, God, we just, we just thank you for removing lies. Anything that we're believing that's not from you, God, we just renounce every lie and we receive the truth. We renounce any lie in our life that we've aligned ourselves with and we receive the truth that's given by your spirit. By the Spirit of Truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, I want our leaders to come on up. We want to if you just need prayer for something specific that did not, you know, did not get an answer for today, you just want someone to agree with you, uh, please come see one of these fine looking couples up here and they're gonna bless you and speak the, the words of the Spirit over you. And uh, we will see you all on Wednesday.
Anticipation, we await the promise to come. Everything that you have spoken will come to pass. Let 